The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now uh, we want to go back in time because this Saturday is the centenary of the first Brexit and hard border created between Northern Ireland and the Republic. At the uh, time, the unexpected announcement was believed to be a bad April Fool's joke. Uh, we'll find out. What happened and why? Because I'm joined by author and journalist Damien Corliss, who is uh, researching all of this and it will become part of a forthcoming book. Damien, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Um, Explain to me how you came across uh, this incredible story that was thought to be an April Fool's joke. Well, I've been researching for a book which really focuses on uh, the breakdown of Fortress Ireland in the 1980s and 90s. And I've lots of uh, great names uh, that I've interviewed in there. Lots of pop stars that came here for tax purposes. Uh, but that's to digress. Uh, but as part of the the uh, breakdown, uh, the walls came tumbling down in, in on Fortress Ireland in the 80s and 90s. But you have to see where the walls went up. And the first step on the walls of Fortress Ireland going up was the imposition of a hard border. Okay, now this did not happen simultaneously with the creation of Northern Ireland and the Free State. No, no. uh, There had been notionally a frontier between the six counties and the 26 counties uh, since uh, the 6th of December 1922. So four months nearly had elapsed. And what I I believe is the case is that after four months of independence the uh, Free State Government realised they were so strapped for cash and so they decided okay we need a border, we need to impose our own import duties on things we don't like essentially Uh, and the second part of that was it was ideological Uh, imposing a border before the Brits got a chance to do it was a statement of independence. Yeah. Now, uh, the the kind of things they didn't like, obviously we had um, industry, domestic industry, that could be priced out of it by a a much bigger British industry. Yeah, there was certainly that. And we... I mean, especially 10 years later when Fianna Fáil came in, the age of protectionism of Irish industry went off the off the scale. But there certainly was industry to be protected. So there was huge hikes announced. And this is only at a week's notice or just slightly more. And people were shocked on both sides of the borders because they had ignored the border. Uh, it just even though it was there legally, just people just went about their business and there weren't really price differences. There weren't great price differences between North and South. But now with the imposition of new duties, there were huge hikes on the price in in the South of pipe tobacco, cigarettes, beer, wine, spirits, perfumes, sugar, chocolate, matches, playing cards, motor cars, motorbikes, clocks, watches, gramophones <laughs> and basically anything that might so be. So the great era of smuggling began. And so it did. And the, the great era of, and this was the era of prohibition. In We'd all, already had four years, I think, of three years of prohibition in the States uh, at this point, which had proven conclusively that prohibition does not work and border you know smuggling is is what you get and but they went ahead with it anyway they went ahead yeah. now uh, the impact of this because uh, i said at the very beginning this was thought to be an april fool joke it, it yeah. was not taken seriously um, because they had what three or four weeks to implement all of this they gave very sh- uh, short very amount of very short notice yeah so what was the impact what did people do in anticipation of 
the new hard border. Well, you see, not only were there duties on uh, things, uh, on, on certain goods, there were actually, there was an outright ban uh, which uh, this carried se- severe penalties, in, in quotes, on uh, the following extracts of tea, extracts of coffee, chicory, tobacco, uh, cocaine, heroin, dogs, guns, uh, foreign editions of books and foreign editions of sheet music and gramophone records. Uh, and so there was, a, there was a, they made a beeline, not just over the border, but uh, across to Britain as well. For um, uh, and, um, and things like cars, for instance, because there was going to be a massive hike in the price of cars. There were all... There was no assembly industry at that point in Ireland. So every car and every motorbike was imported. And it was imported not over the border. It was imported from Britain. So the ferries were packed with people who had money to spend on cars and uh, motorbikes especially. And in the 48 hours, it was reported in the papers at the time, 48 hours before the the deadline, the midnight deadline and the last day of March, the docks of Holyhead and Liverpool were just packed with luxury cars and motorbikes. And and uh, it was also reported that by the time the, the clock struck midnight, the docks of Liverpool and Holyhead were just emptied, that people had just taken them. Uh, the, the, the people who were far too smart for their own good were the people that uh, imported hundreds and hundreds of uh, push bikes in the belief and the mistaken belief that there was going to be a huge tax on there was no tax, there was no tax. <laughs> on the pushbacks with hundreds and yeah. hundreds of that, uh, we have to remember at that time the Irish currency was exactly the same as the British currency yeah. the Irish pound was the British pound yeah. so that the prices there was no exchange rate uh, no fluctuations exchange rate. so therefore if they added tax on the price of a British vehicle coming in yeah the price was dramatically different to the price yeah. available in Northern Ireland. Oh, very much so. And so what you had was you had day shoppers just went and they filled their baskets or if they were or the baskets on the front of their bike or if they had a car, they filled their car with just all these goods that were going to go up in price or be for prohibited completely. Uh, but what you also had uh, the when it was announced immediately, the, the traders, the retailers in Dublin, Dundalk, uh, Drogheda, Donegal Town, etc. They said this is going to ruin us, and when they were told no go, they just they went over with trucks and they emptied the shelves of all the the shops in Newry and and across the border in the knowledge that when they brought it back over within a week they'd be able to sell these at a vast uh, uh, profit. And it was said that in in Donegal Town itself that they the traders there by just going over and buying stuff over the border they had two months supply of stuff that they were able to sell at big profit now um, two things uh, farmers special treatment special treatment as ever uh, the the farmers there were approved roads where the border posts were and unapproved roads where you were just so not if you go. were caught on an unapproved road big fine and maybe jail but if okay. uh, but farmers and it was actually in the legislation that farmers could uh, just carry on their business back and, tra- forth. back and forth with their livestock or whatever else, uh, irrespective of whether the road was approved or unapproved. Now, I, I, I just, I just on the point, later on, uh, when we had severe rationing during the war, uh, which came uh, 20 years later, farmers also got away with, uh, there, there were cloth, cloth shortages. Farmers got away, farmers were the only people in the land allowed to 
have seven pockets on their suits because <laughs> uh, for going to Mart so that they had pockets for, for squeezing in cash and documents and stuff yeah. like that. Now, what, what was the situation if someone was caught? I mean, you could be stopped going across the border and searched for whatever contraband that you might be bringing, bringing from north to south to avoid the tariffs of, this, of oh. the south. What, what view do the courts take? Well, <laughs> I think the, the, what happened was that it, initially it was uh, you'd have your sort of stuff uh, confiscated. Generally, there would be a fine. Rarely, there might be, you know, the threat of a jail sentence. Uh, but what happened was, uh, as I said, the un- unintended consequences were one, criminality, smuggling, uh, an entire culture that grew up. But uh, when the war came, the Second World War came, 20 years later, uh, or less than 20 years later, the, the roles were re- reversed because we had severe, we had rationing in the South. You had far more severe rationing in the North. So the, the, the flow of traffic uh, to buy stuff uh, all these people in the north were coming south to get butter, tomatoes, uh, sweets, especially com- sweets and chocolate that just they could not get in the north. And uh, this this led to a court case in 1941 in uh, Dundalk District Court where 17 traders were up in court for uh, leg- illegally uh, aiding and abetting uh, the illegal sale of all these uh, luxuries like chocolate and etc uh, to people coming down from the north but uh at this point, uh, one uh, border TD said, hey, all this stuff about... And they'd be given out about the black market uh, when things were the other way around. But now one border TD was saying, hey, all this talk about black market. There's no black market. What are you getting excited about? But uh, the, the judge in in the case of the 17, he, uh, he fined the, the worst offender a fiver, uh, which was substantial. He told the rest of them that they were a disgrace and that they had been uh, disgracefully profiteering on uh, poor people coming down from the north. Uh, but at the same time, the judge, his closing remark was that uh, perhaps people coming down from the north deserve to be profiteered upon. <laughs> dear dear it's fascinating stuff. It'll be all part of your book, which you hope to have out before Christmas. But Damien Corliss telling us about the first Brexit when we exited from Britain a uh, hundred years ago on April the 1st. Damien, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.